This is a podcast from Rover. Now I'm a farmer and I'm digging, 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 digging. G'day everyone, welcome into the Friday edition of the Rex Today podcast. Now coming up in just a moment, I think I'm going to kick off with a bit of sport today. Of course, uh, the football ferns. Going up 1-0 in the opening game against Norway last night, so why not? Let's uh, rip into a bit of that with Hamish Mackay in just a moment. Then we're going to uh, catch up with Dan Bolton from Silver Fern Farms. Uh, the uh, conclusion of the latest Plate to Pasture annual conference. That was uh, wound up this week in Christchurch. A lot of stuff to discuss there, so we'll talk to Dan Bolton about that. And we're going to talk as well to Dr Rebecca McLeod, who's the chair of the Fiordland Marine Guardians. They are welcoming new recreational fishing rules for the Fiordland Marine area. So we'll hear from Dr Rebecca McLeod a bit later on in the programme as well. Now I'm a farmer. All right, it's sport on a Friday time where I understand it's rather chilly in Auckland where we catch up with our man Hamish Mackay. Are you getting the snow up there, mate, that we should be getting down here in the south? Well, I'll tell you what, Tom. If the sleety, very cold rain in Auckland is an indicator of what's happening on the central plateau, then the best skiing in the country is going to be at Ruapehu. And how ironic is that from going from shut down to being full noise? Yeah, yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, exactly. That's highly ironic, and uh, yeah, we're certainly chasing a bit of the uh, the white stuff uh, down in the likes of Central Otago. Um, uh, it'll be on its way. It just hasn't quite arrived in great volume yet. But what yeah. did arrive was the FIFA Women's World Cup, and of course, uh, oh. what about that cross from Jackie Hand to uh, set up oh. that first goal? Outstanding. Yeah, well, look, credit to Hannah Wilkinson putting it away like she did. But Jackie Hand on the end of that pace. And then to have the composure to sort of hold the defender and then put that beautiful cross right at the feet of Anna Wilkinson and 1 0. And um, our coach's name, who escapes me, who's had a hell of a torrid time, you know, has believed in what she's been doing with this uh, football fern side. Uh, the look on her face, the elation after nine minutes of extra time, a fantastic start after everything that happened in Auckland yesterday. Um, couldn't believe it. I was 200 metres away just driving. Uh, into work and um, it, it, it had been aware that something had happened but thought, you know, oh yeah, you know, radio, it might be a bit of a beat up, who knows? And, um, oh, and then when I hit the Key Street in Auckland, so the day of that and all the international journos switching and covering that particular story, um, yeah, and, to, and then to end up last night for the win for the football ferns, uh, quite magnificent. And people remember it as football ferns, hashtag football ferns, not hashtag black ferns, which is the rugby team. The tournament needed that and uh, it needed to start like that and it got it so, you know, uh, yeah. good and, stuff. And ironically, that crowd there last night is already one third of the numbers that attended the Women's Rugby World Cup. Really? Total attendance. Wow. Um, in one game, one third already. Not bad, eh? That is insane. That is, I had no idea about that. Uh, well, you know you got yeah. a good sell out for the final and not too bad for the semis for the the Women's Rugby World Cup, but nothing, you know, we're, you know, 40 odd thousand at, at Eden Park last night, so yeah. Yeah, 42 and a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. hey, um, yeah. Br- British Open's on at the moment as well. What's yeah. going on there? Yeah, not a great one for Ryan Fox. Uh, seven over the card. He's in good company with, with Phil Mickelson. It's Lamprecht, the South African that is leading the tournament at the moment. Tommy Fleetwood, I've always liked Tommy Fleetwood. You know, he's got the sort of long locks and. Uh, Sort of a relaxed, loose, puzzled kind of guy. Just sort of, you know, just always looks chilled out. He's equal leader as well. 
but the old British Open, eh? you can find you out pretty quick, that rust stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, but enjoying that. And what's happening in the, of course, the Ashes is on as well, and Stuart Broad, I mean, that's a number that sticks out. 600, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good on him. Uh, just keeps toiling away, full of enthusiasm and uh, energy, even though he's obviously getting on in years in terms of a fast bowler. But, uh, yeah, the Broad-Anderson combo just keeps going. And this game, look... Here's what I've detected. I mean, the momentum has clearly shifted uh, towards England in this series now. It's a magnificent series, uh, really is. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was telling because no centuries from Australia in the first innings. The uh, the English kept uh, attacking and attacking, and of course Wokes picking up five wickets. And then in reply, my God, Crawley was just going absolutely bananas in that uh, first innings. He's got 189, I think he scored, wow. and uh, Root uh, got done by a delivery because he was looking good for 100 as well he got one yeah. that kept uh, so low that uh, I think the commentators at the time said Australia well they'll take the wicket but you know they're behind in this game and they won't want to be seeing the pitch play little tricks like that because that yeah. one was basically a worm burner almost a two bouncer it kept so low from oh. Hazelwood but the upshot is well, you've got England leading by about 70 odd runs with six wickets in hand on the first inning so really if they can really put the foot down and try and get a lead of a couple of hundred or something like that I mean you know then it's Australia's to save effectively this is yeah. oh she's shaping up to be a beauty of a series Hamish I'm loving it oh, oh you love it and test cricket you know it is the real deal as, as you well know but even for somebody like me who sort of sits on the fringes of understanding um, the sort of inner sanctum of cricket it's just a beautiful thing now, TVNZ, I have to say, are doing a wonderful job picking up the Spark Sports stuff as well. They're doing great. And uh, I just noticed as well, even the cricket highlights of the Ashes, uh, the highlights packages, uh, are just much better than what Spark was putting together. I couldn't quite understand. The Spark stuff was, was kind of weird. It was, a, it was a sort of a, I don't know if it was sort of like a 10-year-old sort of putting those highlights together. But TVNZ are really doing a great job. And they've got the athletics on there as well. I'm sure you'll be fizzing over that. Oh, look, the Diamond League track and field. And, and look, to, to your point, no doubt about it, when you're doing a highlights package, if the, if the person uh, responsible for the editing doesn't understand the sport, then you are going to get the 10-year-old's version of it, aren't you? So, yeah, very good highlights packages. Diamond League track and field for me, this is just bliss. To be able to see uh, Samuel Tanner running in the 1,500 metres, Zoe Hobbs over the, the 100, Hamish Kerr in the high jump. Uh, the last event, I don't think had the... Uh, the pole vault, but of course our girls in the pole vault are going fantastic, and, and on and on and on. Um, I think that for, for a tip to be able to get up, for instance, on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and turn on free-to-air television and watch track and field or, or watch the highlights of the Ashes, uh, it's the worm has turned on. From 30 years ago, you know, it was all going to be pay TV and, you know, that's the way of the world and, you know, you can't have sport... Well, sport is a lost leader for a channel, in my opinion. Even if you're not making money on it, you've got to have it. And I think that that's why, hey, it's taken 20 years to sort of go ba-boom, and um, now it's happening. So yeah, fantastic. a lot of eyeballs, that's for sure. Hey, uh, Eddie yeah. Jones, you reckon he's gone a wee bit quiet? Well, yeah, um, that does worry me because, you know, I do, I do, and you know that I'm hard on my sleeve, I think it was a terrible decision to get rid of Dave Rennie. I think some of the, the Wallabies could be awful, but they could be superb under Rennie as well. So that said... I've had a study of the game against Argentina too. So I've looked at the Argentina in the second half against the All Blacks where they kind of got it together a bit more um, and then watched this game. Um, look, 
We just need to be a little wary because they'll be a lot improved, and man, will they have a point to prove come what is it ten days? What is it next weekend or the yeah? Will they have a massive amount to approve in Melbourne? So yeah, uh, just, just I just think be wary. But there's enough ammunition in this Wallaby side um, to set us on our backside quite quickly, and a quiet Eddie Jones is a is a dangerous one because he's normally such a mouthy little you know. Well, I shouldn't say that, should I? But yeah. <laughs> say what you want. Who cares? But listen, um, it's, yeah, although I look at that Wallaby side and uh, I sort of go, well, the, there's not a lot that I can detect, uh, you know. I mean, let's be honest, I'm not an international rugby coach, but uh, it doesn't look to be too much different from what they were doing under uh, Rennie. Um, if anything, slightly gone backwards. I mean, it uh, sort oh, of yeah, vindicates that decision. Decided to go within a point of Australia, a point of Ireland, a point of a point of uh, France beat South Africa under Rennie. So, yeah, uh, your analysis is right. They have gone backward, but not as far backward as I think some might have us uh, believe. When you've still got guys like Skelton and that warming back into it and Taniella Tupou to come in and Hooper, and, you know, they, 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 they still got enough there. Um, Alan Alatoa was fantastic the other day at tight end prop. Um, just, yeah, just keep an eye on them. I just, you know... Yeah, I, I, I'm slightly wary. I don't think, you know, if we go, if, if, oh, good old New Zealand, you know, get two sort of, you know, da-da-da-da-da, sat on our backside. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm wary. It was a heck of a game, though, wasn't it, the Aussies-Argies? I mean, it changed. Yeah. Uh, the lead changed hands. That back 20 minutes was, was uh, yeah. it was a, a really good watch. I, I loved it. I oh, thought it was a magnificent watch. And, and in, in, in that lies my warning, and that I think the second... You know, the, the Argies were woeful in that first half against us. They'll never be that poor again. They were good in the second half. They were better against the Wallabies. And yet the Wallabies, you know, it, it, you know it's 50-50 call as to who got home in that game. So mm, mm. stand by. Yeah. Stand by indeed, uh, as always. Um, nice to catch up with you. And uh, enjoy the sporting weekend, Hamish Mackay. Well, I certainly will. Uh, wife's away. It's oh. wet. It's cold. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, your fire will be on, the couch will be, you know, oh, it's a sensational thing. And I'm going out to watch a game of schoolboy rugby tomorrow. I had the privilege of having a catch-up with Grant Fox, and we had a, sp- a, a chat with the King's College First 15, who haven't had, up here who haven't had the greatest season, and we talked about how you have six games to turn a season on your head. And that's what they've got left. So I'm going to the first one tomorrow against Liston College out west there in Auckland. So looking forward to that. Oh, look at that. Giving advice, wisdom, the sage. Oh, He's on to it. It was mainly Foxy. Let me assure you. I was going to say, and Hamish Mackay was there too. Yeah, Good exactly. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the you weekend. Yeah. Over and out.